Alright guys, welcome back to episode 4 of the Avenge Remedy podcast. Today we have Darren. I know him as Darville Darren, but we will call him to Dar- Darren today. Um, he's the owner of Resurrection Auto Detailing and Tint. And he also has the brand new Big Dar- Darv Talk Shit podcast. Uh, if you guys haven't checked out his podcast, you need to. Uh, his last ap- episode with uh, Ron and uh, was is it Ronnie or Ron? Ronnie. Ron- Ronnie and Silas was hilarious. They're a little more politically incorrect, but I thought it was great. I loved it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so how's it going to Brandon today, man? Good. Uh, pretty peaceful. Like, I mean, the streets are pretty, pretty bare, but otherwise things are good. Yeah. Um, and how you been holding up? So far, so good. Yeah, that's kind of what we're going to get into a bit here. Um, but as you know, I always start off with something a little more obscure and a little more light to get things rolling. So I have a really serious question for you, Darren. Yeah, what's up? Are you ready for this? All right. Yeah. So if you inherited a zoo, would you be Joe Exotic or Carol Baskin? And why? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I want to. I want. I want to say I'd be Doc, but my old lady would whoop the hell out of me. Uh, I can't be. I can't be Joe Exotic because I just don't swing that way. Um, and I can't be Carol because, like, I mean, come on, it's Carol fucking Baskin. Okay, so um, going off the rails, so you can pick whoever you want. Uh, I don't know, and I can't be Jeff because Jeff's a snitch. I don't know. I think I would just have a bunch of dogs and call it a day. <laughs> I'd have to See, be my own zookeeper. So you're completely opting out of the options. And go I got to opt out. Can I just be Batman? <laughs> you can be Batman, man. Or she's a rock Perfect. star, whatever you want. Yeah, let's be Batman. <laughs> so what did you think of that Tiger King, man? I, I, I've, I've read so many posts every day, and I freaking love, love it. Uh, what, what's your take on the whole Tiger King? Man, I was so reluctant to watch it, and oh, then we were sitting there, and we were like, like Cheryl's, like, like Cheryl's my girlfriend. And she's like, we gotta watch this. We just have to. Like, we're seeing all these posts. We have to watch it. I'm like, I'm in for some dumb humor, and like, I don't know, man. It was, it was so far out of there, but it reminded me of such a a messed up version of Swamp People that I just, <laughs> it was like a train wreck. You couldn't help but but watch it. Like, oh, it was I was just like, oh, it was awesome. I I don't know. I liked it. I'm excited. They're gonna release another episode here this week and really? i'm pretty excited yeah they're supposed to yeah so i've seen on facebook so i don't know it, it, i was on the fence with it but i mean for the most part i liked it i think oh yeah it's, it's totally one of those things where like you don't want to admit you watch it but holy shit <laughs> it was so good right and like yeah. and like joe if he ever got out of jail that guy's a billionaire like he'd be signed the second he walks out of jail to do a reality show for the rest of his life like yeah, a hundred percent. Honestly, though, I was like listening to his music on YouTube yesterday, and I'm like, a hundred percent. If he was to like release music in 2020, he yeah, would be yeah. freaking famous. Like, oh, yeah. he actually has a good voice. Like, he's yeah, actually yeah. a pretty good singer. And like, whoever was producing his music has got some talent because it was it was well done. Like, I was, yeah, he's he's not a bad singer. Yeah, no, like not at all. And like, I mean, his dress code in 2020 is like. That's that's hip hop. That's a hundred percent. That's awesome. Like, uh, what was that song? Old, Old Town Road, I guess. Like, a hundred percent. He could have been Billy Ray Cyrus in Old Town Road. I'm not oh, absolutely. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now we'll get into to the kind of a little more serious stuff. Um, so, as people know, this coronavirus has been taking its toll on 
on businesses, especially just on the on the 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 psyche of people that own businesses, because it's such a uh, it, there's so much is unknown. Like, how long is this going to last? You know, that sort of thing. Like, is the government going to help us out? All that those sort of things. Um, so I guess during this time where we're kind of a lot a lot of businesses are kind of in a lull where they can't do a lot. Um, is there anything that you would ad- give advice you'd give on on what they could be doing during this time if they're not actually able to uh, open f- like in their full full uh, um, full service? I personally think, and you know, like I've had lots, like I mean, probably twenty or so small local businesses that know kind of the struggles that I went through um, before that have reached out and asked me for my opinion and like. Honestly, I I have to say, like, push it as hard as you can, as long as you can. Even if you're the business owner, like, go in by yourself if you have to and hustle and grind. Like, everybody thinks that this bailout and these defer, like, deferring payments and these 75% top-ups, like, they're not reading into the whole thing. Like, 75% is to keep employees working, which tells me that, like, they're trying to keep people off EI as much as possible. So, I. I see a lot of these restaurants and businesses and they're closing and they're like, Oh, well we're going to get a bailout. But like at the end of the day, when the government catches up, like I think it's going to be just another, another debt. Like they're just loaning you money. And I think if you can, like I know right now we're on a locked door policy. We're only allowing one person in our showroom at a time. Um, we're staggering appointments. Our, our guys are on a strict hand washing policy. I've demanded that they change their clothes at like before they go home. So they don't, if they do happen to have something on their clothes, they're not taking it home. Like, I mean, just take the precautionary steps and just follow through. Like if you're a restaurant, like do your curbside pickup and delivery. And if you're a service, like try and wear your respirators, like do whatever you can, even if it seems like overkill, I mean, it's better to, plan for the worst and hope for the best and land somewhere in the middle with anything. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think like a mindset that, that luck, I'm not in this position, but like just from my past experience, um, as when you're a new business owner, and I think probably this is what's happening to some of the guys that have been, have been in business for a while that are, are just thinking, Oh, well, I'm not making any money. I'm closing shop. You almost have to approach it from the perspective of a, a new business owner. Like I know whenever you start anything, your, your kind of mindset is the first couple of years, I'm probably not going to make any money. And, and so, and I think, you know, this could be a few months or, or hopefully only a few weeks. Um, and I think during this time, it's just one of those things where you just want to, like you're saying, just grind and you might not make a dime, but you might break even, which, which is still, you're still staying afloat essentially. And I think that's kind of a, is that, would you agree that's kind of a mindset to have during this time? Yeah, you have to. And I mean, like, I don't know, I try to remain optimistic and I tell everybody this is a, this is a good restart to reevaluate your business. So work on your business, work on your social medias, reach out to your customers constantly. And like, when you come back, when this is all over, like people are going to have this support local mind frame and you will be able to take it off. And it's going to be a, it's going to be a new business. This is going to be a learning curve for sure after this, because there's going to be new safety precautions that you have to implement and you should implement that every day. Cause even when this is over, it's not like it's, it's just going to disappear. Like it's just going to be a thing forever. So. Yes, absolutely. Uh, So as far as social media, there's a lot of people, especially rurally that don't even have social media for their businesses. They've just kind of always relied upon the local economy and just, just people knowing each other and that sort of thing. Uh, Why do you think it's important right now to take this time, especially if it's a business that's either shut down or partially shut down to get going on that social media? Um, how is it social media helped your business? 
Um, social media when we first started. So I was in business before and unfortunately kind of had the rug sweeped out from under me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went, uh, I went three years mobile. I kind of went to people's houses and stuff. And social media drove probably 90% of my business. Because when you're mobile, you don't have a brick and mortar for people to walk into. So exactly. um, word of mouth is only going to take you so far. And right now with um, with people not traveling on our streets, it's not like they're driving by your business and being like, oh, you know what? I've never been there. I want to stop in. People are a lot more cautious. But if you get social media, you're going to reach everybody that you don't typically reach for one thing. For another thing, they don't physically have to come into your facility and check it out. So. There's lots of people that are sitting at home in isolation and they're um, I, they're just sitting around doing nothing. They're scrolling Facebook, they're scrolling Instagram, they're on TikTok, they're on YouTube, they're on Google, right? Like, I mean, people Absolutely. are just trying to learn. So, I mean, if, yeah. if you're not on social media or Google, like certainly you need to take this chance to, to optimize that for sure. Absolutely. And for those of you who don't know, I did not really know Darren until a few, about a couple months ago. And it was literally, I think it was a Facebook <clears throat> a suggested friend. And I saw that he was friends with Darcy, my business partner. And I was, you know, kind of checked out his Facebook profile and saw he, he was, he was a really awesome dad. And I, I think he even messaged you before then. And, and then I messaged Darcy and I go, hey, Darcy, who's this Darvell Darren guy? And he's like, funny you ask, man, because he's sitting right across the table from me right now. <laughs> I was like, what the hell's the chance of that? So that, that's kind of when we really kind of kicked off uh, our our online friendship, and and uh, and then just shortly after this thing kind of kicked off the the coronavirus thing. Um, but like we were talking about, it was through your, our kind of inadvertent meeting online, and then uh, and then I realized you had this business, and I was like. Holy crap! And it's been educating myself on your Facebook page and your videos and stuff. That I'm like, I have I have a Camaro that I, that is my baby, and it's like the minute I can leave my house, that sucker's going to to you because it hasn't it hasn't had a good cleaning since I bought it, you know. And it's it's sad, and because uh, it is like my prized possession. Um, so yeah, that's that's where like social media is is huge. Because in my mind, the best cleaning it was ever gonna gonna get was me cleaning it in my own shed, my own garage, and that was about it. But now it's like I know there's people that are are pros that live close by me that can do a hell of a lot better job than I can do. Um, so yeah, so social media is essentially how I found you, man. <laughs> yeah, right. And I I knew you like years ago. Cause I've known Darcy for so long. Like Darcy's yeah. like my, like a big brother to me. Um, he's definitely one of my best friends. And I always heard him talking about you and I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? And then he's like, well, he lives in Redverse. So I'm like, I pretty much grew up in Redverse at my cousin's house. So I should know this guy. What the fuck's going on? And then he told me your story and I'm like, okay. And then when you guys started Avenge Remedy, I'm like, I want to chat with them because if there's anything I can do to help you with Darcy, like, I mean, I'm going to do that. Darcy awesome. won 100% when I lost the business and went through my divorce and my two custody battles and stuff. But honestly, if it wasn't for Darcy, I don't know where I'd be today. Like Darcy certainly saved my life for sure. Oh man, that guy's been there for everything for me. Uh, right from me moving to the Caribbean to, uh, you know, to us, you know, having miscarriages and going through IVF. He, he was there. He's literally there for absolutely everything I do. And, uh, <laughs> and he does that for a lot of people. It's unbelievable. Like, um, I'd say like on a weekly basis, he helps people out in, in a big way. And it's just like, um, I aspire to be like that. And and he, he doesn't even think twice about it. It's not even a big deal to him. And it's, uh, I'm lucky to have that guy in my life. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Oh man. 
All right. So we'll keep moving on with with uh, with this coronavirus in business and stuff. Um, and kind of picking up off of your your podcast. I loved it, man. Your podcast was freaking awesome. Um, so what has frustrated you the most during this coronavirus? Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to, be, have to be work. It could be anything. Oh, man. The stupidity of fucking people, man. Like, I can't even handle it. Man, I had a guy on my Facebook yesterday telling people that you can defer payments if you want. Like, you can't defer them if you want. You defer them because you absolutely need to. So the fact that people think, like, oh, here's the bailout. I'm just going to take three weeks off. Like, man, you need to think. And then, like, I get it. Like, go go to work. Go home. Hang out with your family. Enjoy your family time. And stay the fuck home. Don't go out grocery shopping. Like, people are literally going and, like, buying two days worth of groceries. And then going back the next In two day. Days. Like, buy yeah, buy two buy two weeks worth of groceries and stretch it out. Like, yeah, people are fucking ridiculous. Going to Seven Eleven and buying Slurpees and chocolate bars, <laughs> and like, then they're online and they're like, "Stay home if you absolutely need to." I'm like, man, I just seen you at Seven Eleven, like walking in to grab potato wedges. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, yeah. <laughs> man, the stupidity, dude. And then like, so many people sitting there saying, "Well, you shouldn't be essential because you're you're just an auto detailer or whatever the case." It's like, man, we're cleaning germs we're cleaning bacteria we just Absolutely. got this new product in from ceramic pro called tag and it's like it helps contain virus or bacteria and viruses for six months yeah, like exactly. that is an essential service but people are thinking that like essential means necessary and it doesn't like you're your wife that's necessary we absolutely yeah. need your wife detailing we probably don't need it but it's definitely going to help in the long run if we can Absolutely. stop people from getting general cold and flu yeah, but like absolutely. there's there's a huge difference between necessity and essential. And there's a huge difference between fucking quarantine and, and isolation. And people are just <laughs> I read aren't your post, getting it. I thought it was great. Yeah. <laughs> and then people are sitting there like, you think you know everything. I'm like, I don't think I know anything. Like, I really don't. How, how am I going to sit here and say I know everything when doctors, scientists, nurses, they have no idea. Like, I, I read a, a thing from a doctor, a post, and she's like, I'm updating my ER staff like hourly. I'm like, yeah. so if she's updating hourly, mm-hmm. we're getting updated every two hours and nobody knows what's going on. So like, how are we going to sit here and say like, this is the best protocol. Like, if we're all staying home, I get that. And people are going off work when they really don't need to. And like mm-hmm. me- mechanics don't really see the public. So like why, no. why are mechanics trying to get layoffs? Yeah, like, exactly. Then they're getting a layoff and they don't understand what that's going to cost us in the long run or cost themselves in the long run. So what, we're going to get out of this and we're just all going to have a huge mountain of debt. Like, I mean, Canada was already in debt and then they released, what was it like 1.2 or $1.5 billion. Like where did that money come from? It was, it was already, we're already in debt and now we're going to be further in debt. Who do you think is going to pay for that? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and I agree with you totally on that. Like if, if it's, if you have a business where you can essentially be isolated at your own work and still carry on, I think, I really do think that's that's fine. You know, I, I don't really uh, I don't think that that's something that's that's causing any harm to anyone. Um, like like especially with the restaurants are doing like that's incredible. And 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 f- and for a lot of people, that's something that's keeping us kind of half ass sane. Like it's 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 you know being able to order a meal you know during this thing, it's kind of like a treat kind of thing and keep and keeping you in a better state of mind. So like like I, I like when it comes down to it, it's one of those things where as long as you're not going to family gatherings and, and, and hanging out in public places and stuff, I, you know, yeah, I, I, it's one of those things where people just have to use their common sense. And I understand nowadays common sense isn't, isn't common, but yeah. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
yeah. So let's let's take it in a little more positive direction now. So I, I want to I want to get you to rant a little bit, but I'll take you in a positive. Direction. <laughs> you don't want me to go right I, off. Trust I, me. Oh man, I, <laughs> I've been I, doing it. <laughs> My girlfriend's not, like, man, I want to go into isolation just away from you because you're freaking out so much. I'm like, fucking people need to realize, like, I get it, but it's not the end of the world. Like, we've been through the plague, we've been through Ebola, we've been through. Man, the whole issue, the whole difference that I see with Ebola compared to this is like. Back in, when was Ebola here? 2012, right? 2012, 2013? Like, people could govern themselves to be like, okay, I'm not going to go near that person fucking mm-hmm. hacking and coughing, or I'm not going to do this, or I'm not going to do that. Now, man, people are so dense that you can't even be like, okay, well, let's not go where we don't absolutely need to go, because they just yeah. literally can't govern themselves. And it, man, it drives me fucking mental. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and my my big one is people go, this is just getting blown way out of proportion, and it's like, well, not really. It's like everyone's most people are being responsible so that shit doesn't get, you know, crazy. You know, it's not right. You know, like the people that don't take it seriously, they it frustrates the hell out of me. It's yeah, it's like uh, I said, plan for the worst, hope for the best, and hopefully we land somewhere in the middle and shit doesn't go completely airy. Like. My, my girlfriend is a hairstylist and she's yeah. honestly probably one of the best of the best. And they've been close for, oh man, what was it, like 20 days already? Yeah. And she, she came to me and she was upset because she absolutely, absolutely loves her job. And she's like, we decided today that I think we're going to close, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that is the best call. You guys are in yeah. such close proximity. Absolutely. You cannot be, be any safer. I'm like, just plan for the worst and hope yeah. for the best. Yeah. I'm like, but for us, like, we see six people a day and with our door lock, we don't have those six customers or 20 customers walking in in a day. So like exactly. we, we can, can, we can contain it. We can, we know most of our customers for the most part, especially if they're returning customers. I mean, we're screening calls. Like if you can contain it and stay working, like I wouldn't you want to man, like yeah, exactly. stay at home and play with your, play with your balls all day. Like, no, <laughs> if I had my kids full time, like you do, I would love to stay home, man. Yeah. Like one oh, of my dreams awesome. is to be a stay at home father. Like it would have oh, been man. great. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to get you on a positive note now. Okay, yep. so what has restored your faith in humanity during this whole thing? Um, I know there's been a few things for me, but I'd like to hear what your, uh, what, what's kind of kind of keep, kept you on a positive note. Can you keep faith in humanity these days? Like, <laughs> shit. Um, no, honestly, man, for me, um, as a business owner, um, it's definitely been to see the, the business network, um, the business community all pull together and helping each other out. Um, yeah, time. and then from there, like as a father, um, it's definitely kept me pretty positive that people for the most part are isolating or at least trying to social distance as much as possible. Um, and honestly, like seeing all these people that haven't connected with their family in years that are like reconnecting with them and, yes. um, yeah. FaceTiming them and stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. huge. It is. That's something I noticed too, and I, I think I talked about it on my last podcast, or maybe somewhere else. But it's it's been it's been really inspiring seeing how much um, people because there was always kind of that that thing where people were hesitant to post their kids on Facebook and stuff like that, and it was like, oh, it's kind of corny or 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 you know. And now it's like everyone's just completely let loose, and it's awesome because I, I love that stuff. I love seeing you know people out with their kids and and doing family stuff like that sort of stuff motivates me to do better and. Uh, so yeah, so that part of it I think has been great, and like you were saying, like families that haven't maybe connected that much over the years um, have really used this as a time to reconnect, and I think that's that's been it's, it's going to be huge because I think there's going to be a lot of connections that have been forged 
because of this and they'll carry on after this for sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay. So you brought up the dad stuff. So I'm going to, I'm going to dive deep into that. <laughs> yeah. So, so how did, how did becoming a dad change you, man? Um, it definitely gave me a different, uh, insight on a lot of things, to be honest. Um, Having Jasper, unfortunately, his mom and I decided to part ways when he was a month old. Um, he was born a month and a bit premature, so he was in the NICU for about a month. We got him out just before Christmas, um, and then we decided to part ways. And I mean, it's kind of on both of us, just a lot of, because you change so much when you have a kid, like you learn very quickly what you want and don't want in life. Yeah. Um, I know for me, it was definitely a concept of what do I want my kid to see in me growing up. Yeah. So I, I wanted my son to be proud. I wanted my son to be able to go to school wearing my business clothes, saying that's my dad who does this cool stuff, who gets to work on 2020 Corvettes, who gets to work on Camaros, who gets to work on all these cool cars. Um, and then for me, like my dad, uh, my dad unfortunately left when I was five years old. He moved to Winnipeg, um, ended up, he had two kids and a new wife and kind of started his family there. And I never really understood it growing up. I was just like, man, like this asshole, like just peaced out on me. Didn't even yeah. think about it. Yeah. And he, he tried to reach out numerous times throughout my, my growing up, but it was just always an argument of, you know, why did you leave and blah, blah, blah. Now that I'm kind of going through something similar, like he told me uh, just, I guess, two years ago when we reconnected, he's like, honestly, he's like, it was tough. He's like, I was going through court constantly and I would want more time with you. Couldn't get it. He's like, when I got married, I couldn't even tell your mom that I got married because it was just an argument. She didn't want you there. And it was just, it was a huge nightmare. And yeah, growing up yeah. hearing that, I'm like, you're lying. Like, this is not true. But like going through it, I see it. Like, um, my, my son's mom, she, uh, not on her own fault, but she's made it pretty difficult for me. Mm. Um, like, I mean, I was, man, I was like, trying to be father of the year when Jasper was born and like her parents would always say like, you know, Darren's, Darren's going to be a dominant parent. Like he's going to love it. I was actually supposed to go on parental leave. She was supposed to take three months off and then go back to work. And I was supposed to go on parental leave. And then when we decided to part ways, like we ended up, um, I ended up getting like two hours a day or two hours a week. And oh, then geez. it yeah. turned out to four hours a week. And then after like a year and a bit, it was overnights and like, then I finally started getting weekends and now we're like almost four years into this. And I finally just got into the 50, 50 threshold. Oh, so like, awesome. I mean, it's been tough, but like talking to my dad, I'm like, man, like I, I get it. Like I actually yeah. apologized to my dad. I'm like, I hated you my entire life. Like mm -hmm. I told people that you were dead because you were dead to me. And like, I feel absolutely terrible about that now because now that I see what he's going through and I mean, it, it was no fault of my mom. And it's no fault of Jasper's mom. It's just they're obviously hurting and they have always been hurting. And it's it's hard to see somebody continue on with their life or, or do well um, and then try and deal with it. Like, it, it's not easy. It's, it's I mean, being from a, a broken family is, is very tough, but you got to kind of make the best of it and try and be happy in your own life before you can be happy with everyone else's life. So, mm -hmm. um. So you, you and I had talked a little bit about, about um, being an advocate for father's rights. Um, so what kind of things do you think need to change in the, the, the legal? Uh, clearly, I have no um, knowledge at all of the legal system when it comes to this sort of stuff. But what kind of stuff do you think needs to change um, just so that good dads do, do get a shot, like right from the get-go, um, to have more of, more of a, an, 
more time in their child's life. Um, can, can you give any, any kind of idea of what you think needs to happen? Yeah, I think uh, first and foremost, we need to get rid of the term child support um, and exchange it with 50-50 custody. First and foremost, like when I was, when we went through our separation, I was served papers um, and then later found out after uh, my daughter was a year and a half that I found out that I had a, a daughter as well. Um, and both times I was served paperwork from the sheriff's department and both times it was sole custody to the mom. You are to pay this much in child support. You will get these rights. First and foremost, it should have been 50-50 custody unless deemed otherwise. Like I, I'm not going to brag or toot my own horn, but like, I love being a dad. It's yes, literally absolutely. one of my favorite things my entire life. I'm like, I want to be a dad. I want to do better than my dad. I want to be there for my kids. Unfortunately, as much as growing up, I thought that I would have a completely connected family. Unfortunately, that's not the way it worked out. And I feel that it was just the way that my life was supposed to go. Um, and if it was 50, 50 custody right off the bat, like I never, I'm not a bad person. So there's no reason for me to not have, 50 50 custody but it was like child support this child support that you make this much make sure you're paying half daycare you're paying this x amount based on table amount to your income mm -hmm. make sure you're paying half sports like it, it it gets so expensive so quick and then like now i have my kids 50 percent of the time plus i'm paying the same amount of child support that's never been lowered so i gotta feed them clothe them and house them in two, well, three different houses because I have two kids in two different houses yeah. and it, it's super expensive and there's no justification to get out of that. Like you can't talk to your lawyer and be like, hey, reach out to her lawyer, be like, hey, let's get rid of this child support because of X, Y, Z. Um, and then you got to remember like the, the whatever parent, moms or dads, if they have care and control, they also get family allowance. They get uh, the income tax uh, deductions. Oh, yeah. They're getting child support. Like they're, they're getting a lot of income off of it. And my lawyer told me straight up, like you will be, if you take child support away, you're taking 50% of child tax and you're taking 50% of the tax deduction. So you're going to be impeding her income monthly, a thousand dollars. I'm like, yeah, but that's my income's already impeded a thousand dollars. You know, like what about, what about her? Like you should, as far as I'm concerned, if you're going to have a child and whether you're in a relationship or not, you have to know that you can fully support those children on your own. Because even if I was to die tomorrow and say, like, I do have life insurance, but if mm -hmm. I didn't, she'd be stuck. Like, where's she going to go? She can't go to my mom and ask for child support. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You, yeah. I think I think the norm should be 50-50 child support and, until deemed otherwise. So, like, if you're a drug abuser, drug dealer, you're a criminal, you're... Um, this, that, the other thing, you're just not a good parent, you're abusive, or you came out of an abusive relationship, like that I understand, okay, now that father's got to work towards it to show otherwise, or that mother, or the, that matter, but it should be 50-50 first, and then go from there, and I, I know lots of dads um, that have kids, and then they leave, just because they don't want to be a parent, and then whatever, like those people should 100% have to pay full-blown child support, there's, it's, I mean, it's not fair to the mother. They didn't make that choice. Or maybe they did make that choice, but they're not choosing for you to be out of the life. If it's your decision to leave, like, yeah, 100%. But it should be, I, I mean, it should be 50-50 first and then, and then child support second. Yeah, that's that's so interesting. Like, I, 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 luckily, I've never had to, uh, even with friends and stuff, I haven't had too much exposure to that. But, yeah, that seems 
it, it seems so un- like unfair, especially in, in today's society where there are, there are so many um, just awesome dads. Like like you and I know in our dad groups, there's um, how dedicated men, like so many men are now to being like just kick-ass dads and and uh, how debilitating, like I've seen in our dad groups, um, just how, how debilitating it is to some of them that have gone through that and are quite literally some of them um, like living on Skid Row, like some of them, you know, almost living in their vehicles or at the point of losing everything. Uh, and and they'll, they'll, they'll push the limits as far as they can because they want their kids to, to be okay. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's really sad. And like, as we saw, um, I, I've seen in the, in our groups a few times too, uh, where guys have been at the point of, of like suicide. Um, and it's, and it's and a few instances where it's been related to to that. Like they 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 feel like there's no other way out. That basically their only way uh, to keep move. There is no way to move forward. So that's kind of their their rationale. And it, it's so sad to see that um, because they're not bad guys. Or from what I can tell, um, just by seeing their interactions, they don't seem like they're they're horrible people. You know, it's yeah, it's, uh, yeah. It's we definitely have a, a broken system or a system that needs some changing. That's for sure. It's, it's a very old system. And I mean, and I know exactly what those guys are going through. I bet you I probably message with anywhere from five to 10 people a week yeah. um, of, of dads that are like, that's it. Like, um, I'm hanging up the towel. And you know that the second, like the second they post that on a group, like they're just looking for someone to talk to. And like for me, when, when I went through my separation, I, um, I lost my business at the same time. I lost my house at the same time. Like it was rough. I couldn't find a job and I, mm-hmm. I didn't know what I wanted to do anymore. Um, I was technically homeless for three years. Like I jumped between my girlfriend's place and my mom's place. And I jumped mm-hmm. between the two. I was basically homeless for three years. I was making like 13 or 14 bucks an hour, just working at a dealership, just trying to make ends meet. I was paying uh, like maximum um, child support based on what my income was when we separated. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just trying to learn and gir- curve and groove and that kind of stuff. And it was, man, it was tough. Dude. Like, I can't even tell you the amount of times that I was sitting there and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Like I need to, I need to do something like I, I need to end this cause I, I don't know what to do anymore. Mm-hmm. So now anytime I see like a dad, that's like, I, I don't think I can do this anymore. Like I'm instantly right there because I'm like, Hey, like, listen, it does get better. You just got to give it time. Find your why, find your niche, and figure out what you can do to move forward and how you're gonna how you're gonna get through this. But at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is make sure that kid's happy and you're happy because if you're not happy, that kid's not gonna be happy. So. Absolutely. And to those of you that don't know, uh, Darren and I are in a lot of dad groups together, and uh, that was something I noticed about Darren is is he offers a lot of dads a lot of advice, and it's not that he's acting like a know-it-all. It's actually very useful advice that he's giving guys, and it's about lots of different things and uh and that's another reason why i was really excited to get darren on my podcast because he is an absolute kick-ass guy and he's just a kick-ass guy all around that's that's willing to help people and uh so that's something that i really noticed about darren um so i'm gonna move things on forward a little bit because i've actually got you at the half hour mark already so (laughs) i feel feel like we could just keep talking for the rest of the day man if you wanted to (laughs) oh man i like to talk So I'm going to kind of get things rolling towards the end here for you. Um, so what is something that most people don't know about you? Some sort of deep, dark secret or something? I was going to say that I'm an asshole, but I think most people already know that. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, 
I grew up always wanting to be a dad. Um, I have uh, an 11-year-old stepdaughter that I treat like my own. I have a three- and a four-year-old kid. Um, and then, yeah, I have my girlfriend, Cheryl. Um, deep, dark secret about me. Or maybe you have a hobby that no one knows about. Maybe you collect troll dolls or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually. I don't have hobbies. All I do is work on cars. Do you have a tramp stamp um, or something? Yeah. No, no, I don't. Oh, actually, you know what? I do have a leg tattoo that I I got at like 17 years old, and I really regret it. It's like a tribal bulldog. It was the fucking worst decision I ever made. And in fact, when I was getting it, I was completely hungover, and they told me I couldn't eat or drink anything, so I didn't eat or drink anything all morning, and I passed out because of it. And it was like literally the size of a toonie. <laughs> That, that would be my uh, biggest, deepest, darkest secret. Nice. I got one when I was, oh, I must have been 18 with my brother. His says, it's like a Chinese or Japanese symbol that says older brother. And mine says younger brother. Well, right before I was nervous, so I drank a whole bottle of red wine. And I just bled. Uh, I don't remember her name, the tattoo artist back then. She goes, I've never seen anyone bleed like this before. And it was just like, just pouring out of my leg. It was just horrible. But she did it. She finished my tattoo. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> okay, so last question for you, man. Yep. What does it mean to have a kick-ass life? Be happy. Be happy. Optimal happiness. And I'm not talking like, oh, I have millions of dollars in the bank and I drive a Lamborghini and that's what makes me happy. I think at the end of the day, your ultimate happiness is do you get to wake up every morning and be like, I'm going to work. I get to see my kids. I get to see my wife. I get to do this or that. It's it's overall what's happy inside of you. Like if you wake up every day and you're sad to go to work, like that's not living an optimal life. You have no, to be, be happy first for people around you to be happy for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Darren. That was incredible. Um, and thank you for sharing lots of, of um, personal stuff with us because that's I think that's what makes these things great is that people get some some insight and can connect with other people on a deeper level. Uh, so thank you so much, man. And uh, I'm still looking forward to our, our first beer together after this is all done. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Awesome, man. Talk soon. Mm-hmm.